Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. My name is Duke Lamastra. I'm your host, and I'm really stoked that you're here to check this out. My guest for this episode is Darcy Steiner. Darcy is an author, speaker, and nutritionist. She has a brand new book out called Beauty Beyond the Thorns, Discovering Gifts in Suffering. And in a very short time, this book has already had a huge impact on the lives of people. Darcy's heart is really to help people, both men and women, discover hope in the midst of hopeless situations. And she draws from her own experience of dealing with disability and really intense suffering, emotional and physical, and how through that process, she's learned how to trust the Lord, to see how good God is, even in the midst of suffering, and to really be empowered to walk out the process of healing and victory that's available to us in Jesus Christ. And uh, her book is so inspiring, and she's inspiring men and women uh, really all over the world to walk through their own trials and difficulties and challenges and discover hopefulness even in the midst of those uh, really bad circumstances. And this conversation I thought was really awesome. Darcy sh- shared some really valuable insight, and I believe that it's going to be a blessing to you. If this episode blesses you, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would really mean the world to me. Again, I'm so grateful that you're here, and now I really hope that that you enjoy this conversation with Darcy Steiner. All right. Hello, Darcy. Hi, Duke. <laughs> How are you doing today? Having a good day. Having a good day. Just... That's awesome. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for doing this. I um, it's just it's been such a privilege just getting to know you very recently here a little bit with a couple of conversations that we've had. And I think that your your story, your life is so inspiring. And so I'm uh, really honored to have you on the podcast. And thanks so much for uh, for the opportunity to chat with you a little bit today. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you. I, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. Yeah, this is awesome. This is like my favorite thing about about podcasting is getting to know uh, my guests. And so uh, yes. I love it. I, I, uh, I do want to say congratulations on your book, Beauty Beyond the Thorns. Um, How's uh, how's that whole, you know, ride been with you? Uh, just sort of, I know this is your um, your first book, and I have a feeling that you've got some more in the tank that you're going to be <laughs> writing about in the future. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel I feel like we have we're we're just kind of uh, scratching the surface of of what you have to offer in terms of your writing. I, I really love um, your writing, your writing style, your accessibility when you write. I think that that's something that. Um, really becomes really inspiring and helps people relate to you and to your story. And we'll get into all that. We'll go into all the details in just a minute. But I'm just curious, um, what has just sort of maybe your perception of the reception of your book? I know it just came out back in August, right? Yeah, the end of August. And so just been a, a short time. But um, but what's that been like for you? How has this process been of, uh, you know, sort of becoming an author and and all of it. How's that been for you? It costs a lot of money. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so that means you did it the real, the right way, the real way. Yeah, I keep spending more money um, on promotions and that kind of thing. It's so funny. I just want to get back to writing, but you can't do that. You have to promote your book and sustain it. And I, I want this message that I wrote about to just reach whoever God wants it to reach. So I don't know if that's a small reach. I don't know if that's a wide reach. That's kind of up to him. Um, I think humanity, we would say, oh, I want to sell a million books, you know, and, and have a wide reach, but that's not always what God wants. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of surrendered to, you know, just working uh, at, promotion and letting him carry it wherever he wants. But it's been a lot of fun too. It's, it's like, I don't know. I have a new, I have a new purpose. I feel like God's given me a new direction. Yeah. Well, as long as it's fun, (laughs) as long as it's fun and you're enjoying it. um, I think that that's awesome. And so with all of the 
promotional type stuff that you've been doing like what has that looked like what kind of things have you done because i would say that um uh i've written a couple of books and i have some more that are in different stages of development and that's something that i think that at the beginning i've you know especially with my first book launch i think i did well at the very beginning of promoting it but not well like i have not done well at all since then so i'm just curious like what are some of the things that you've done um to promote your book well you know just sharing with my family and um, i've been giving a lot of books away um i'm sending books to various people various agents there was an agent um that I was working with because I was trying to decide, am I going to self-publish or traditional publish, publish? And I had sent one query letter out to this agency and they rejected me. But another agent within that agency showed interest. So I sent him the book and he said, let me know how we can help you in the future. So I don't know if I can you know, traditionally publish my next one and, and make a wider reach. I don't know which way you get a wider reach, um, but I've done Facebook ads, which are the easiest and they offer free. Like they say, here's $20, spend $20 right. on free promotion. So I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to do that. So, <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, but mostly giving books away and then, this Saturday is my first book signing. So really? I'm doing That's that. Cool. To That's get, exciting. Yeah. I'm trying to get into brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And um, so this will be my first brick and mortar store. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go to Barnes and Noble next. That's awesome. And I, and I, I've heard that, uh, well, you were just telling me you've been on a bunch of podcasts oh, uh, since the book came out and stuff like that. So, um, so, so how's that been? Yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I've spent more time doing that one than than all the others. Than but... probably all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I love podcasting. I never knew that I would, you know, but I feel like I have a message that God has given me that just kind of flows from me. And mm -hmm. I want to be a voice for people that can't speak for themselves. I am disabled for people that don't know. And I want to speak um, how good can come from suffering. And not just for people who are disabled, but for people who go through any kind of suffering. So I want that message to get out there because it's important. And I think there's a lot of hopelessness in the world right now. A lot of anxiety. And I think joy mm. needs to be distributed. And I hope to be a messenger of joy. Love it. I love it so much. Did I talk to you? Because I feel like this is something that I would have said to you by now, but stuff kind of, you know, stuff kind of blurs together. I don't have the best memory in the world, but I feel like I probably asked you about this. Have you considered starting a podcast of your own? You know, I did. I did. And it was when I was blogging and I would just read my blog posts <laughs> and it wasn't very effective. I think I had five listens, something like that. And I started it on Anchor. I haven't shut it down. I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't shut it down, but I'm not using it either. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do that, be on the mm -hmm. other side. I'm I'm not sure. Well, I, I mean, the reason I ask is because I, I think that you definitely could. Um, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit notorious for like pushing people to do podcasts. So I'm a little bit biased. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm not trying to push you into anything. But I, um, I, I do. I think you have a first of all, I think you have a great speaking voice. And I think that um, in our just sort of even limited interactions that we've had, I think that you're so good at articulating uh, what's in your heart and expressing that to people. And as you said, I mean, there are so many people 
out there that are battling that feeling of hopelessness. And you do have such a, a, a gift on the on the inside of you from what you've what you've gone through, what you've experienced and the beauty that God has revealed to you and through your life, um, you know, through this whole process that you've been through. And so um, I, I not, you know, because you're already expressing that in all these different ways and writing the book and going on podcasts and in the speaking engagements that you do and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, not that you have to do a podcast, but I would just say that I would um, I would really uh, recommend considering it at least uh, because I do think that you have a, a great voice for it, both in terms of like your actual like. Uh, in in a practical sense, the the tone the tonality of your voice, I think you have a really good voice uh, for podcasting. But more importantly, your voice in terms of what you have to say and convey to people, convey to the world around you. Um, so anyway, that's just my uh, my little plug for podcasts. I feel like a podcast evangelist sometimes because I'm always <laughs> like, you should start a podcast. You should start a podcast. <laughs> but let's uh, before we go too far, Darcy, let's um, let's get into if you would just share a little bit about yourself, about your story, about your past and uh, however you want to do that. And then we can sort of get into the why behind this book um, and uh, and then we can get into some more specifics as we go forward. But let's hear a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, and if you can kind of walk us through a little bit of this journey that you've been on that's brought us to this place. And I know this is a loaded question, <laughs> but that's brought us, you know, to this place where we are, where we are today. Sure. Well, I am married to my husband, Mark. I call him Remarkable. Shout out um, to Mark. Remarkable. Yeah, I like that. Okay. My remarkable Mark. And we have two adult daughters. Um, one just turned 26 and the other's 23 uh, coming home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, my oldest daughter lives about a half hour away and um, her and her husband a year, well, 11 months ago had a baby. So I'm a grandma. Come on. Yeah. Congratulations. And uh, lots to say about that. I could talk on the pod. This could be like a grandparenting podcast because <laughs> I could talk about her all day. But um, but I have a really a really sweet little baby granddaughter who I get to see weekly. Uh, my husband and I watch her one day a week, so we've seen That's the awesome. weekly progression. Um. So my heart has always been to help people. And Mark, Mark and I used to be in the ministry. Um, I used to teach teens and women's ministry. And Mark did campus ministry at Cal Berkeley and in Thailand. He was, wow. um, so we've done church plants. Um, but I got out of that and did daycare to stay home with my girls when they were little. And I've been, you know, I've worked in the financial world. I've worked in um, as a daycare person. I've been a nutritionist. I still am a nutritionist. Um, and recently writing a book. But um, so I have a story when my girls were little. And that was, I had a fall down the stairs in our home, I was rushing. And um, as a, a young mother, you're, you're always rushing. You just are. You're, and yeah, you're running. So I ran up the stairs, got a CD to listen to Christmas music. Uh, we listened to CDs back then. And <laughs> ran back down the stairs, slipped on a piece of paper and hurtled over the baby gate that was at the bottom of the stairs somehow. Um, don't ask me how, but the brain works in funny ways mm. when you're wow. falling and it says jump the baby gate instead of crash through it. Wow. And uh, it would have been better had I crashed through it because after hurtling, I had the momentum where I crashed into the wall and then that spun me around and I face planted into the floor, which injured oh my, my back. Yeah. So mm. I had lower back problems and this became increasingly more of a problem 
um, over time, I spent more and more time in bed. So I was bedridden for a couple years and then actually in a wheelchair for two and a half more years. So Hmm. unable to walk for about five years. Wow. And so what was that like? Because I I remember um, reading your book and listening to the sort of description that you gave uh, in the book, early on in the book, uh, the description that you give about, I guess it would have been those first two years where you were bedridden and, um, you know, you were talking about, you were talking about the, the intense pain that you were in. I, you were talking about, um, just some of the things that I remember. Um, you were talking about how, you know, you would be up in your room laying in the bed and you would like hear the sound of your family, you know, living life together, you know, downstairs and your, your little girls laughing and stuff like that. You would, you'd kind of hear what was going on. And I remember something, I remember you saying something like, um, you would, it would make you feel, it would make you feel good momentarily. Like there would be this joy that would come with it, like hearing your family enjoying life and living life and having fun. And it would sort of be this very momentary escape from the pain and sort of despair that you were in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then that would sort of be overcome or overshadowed. Um, Don't, you know, I'm probably butchering this. You've said it so much better than me, but sort of like overshadowed by, you know, that feeling of I'm missing out on all of this because I can't, I can't be there. Um, so could you just maybe go into a little bit, um, of detail about what it was like in that period where you were just bedridden and, um, you know, in, in that stage of life for, for about two years. Yeah. Cutting right to the heart, aren't we? Well, well, let me, let me, let me say, let me say why, because, um, as I was reading your book, I, I was like really emotional as I was reading through, um, through that description. Um, it, it really, it really touched my heart. And I know that that's something that probably a bunch of people that have read your book, been drawn to your book, have been able to identify with, um, Mm -hmm. among other things. But, you know, even I was reading some of the reviews of your book, your book, congratulations, by the way, you have excellent reviews. Um, I was just reading reviews on Amazon. Uh, I'm sure there's reviews in other places too, but um, but of people really, really identifying and saying that your book helped them to have hope. And and I, I do. I think that because you were so open about your struggle and about the pain that you were in and really sort of painting a picture that allowed people to sort of see into mm-hmm. the 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 challenge and the pain that you were in so that you could ultimately lead them to this place of, well, here's the hope. Uh, that that came out of that and and here's you know what God did and here's what God is doing in my life as a result of that I just think it's really really powerful so I'm not trying to you know I'm not just getting at gory details for the for the sake of of it but uh, it really it really was impactful for me as I was reading it um just you know your story and what you went through and uh, I think that it's something that on different levels uh, but I think that a lot of people can can identify you know with and, and sort of find themselves in you know, maybe, maybe see some similarities for their own life and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's why that's the, that's the context for why, I'm, why I'm curious. You know, it's, it's the perfect question really Duke, because it's the most emotional question and forgive me if I get emotional, but, um, uh, I was told by many people 20 years ago to write a book about what I experienced and I couldn't. I I couldn't do it because it hurts too much. And so in this book, I do paint a picture and I have a little window into time about what happens when you are by yourself, when you're alone. And I was very alone in my pain and listening to my family live life, the life that I used to live with them. And I did, I, I heard them eating dinner right below me and I was imprisoned in my bedroom, um, for two years. I felt like it was a prison and it was a small bedroom upstairs away from life. 
um, and my kids couldn't touch me. And that was horrendous because I was a stay at home mom. I chose to stay home so that I could be that for them. And now I can't. And mm. they would reach out for love. And my heart is, you know, wanting to reach back, but my body wouldn't let me. And so I had to not engage with my children in the most important thing, um, which was mm. expressing my love for them. Yeah. And same with my husband. So I do paint a picture in the first chapter. I wasn't going to put myself in the book at all because I felt mm -hmm. like I just want to write about everybody in the Bible and their experiences. But I, I prayed to God every time I sat down to write. And so I trust that my story should be in there, that little window that I paint in that first chapter. And so, yes, I would lay there and I would be cold and alone and I would hear mm. them laughing and Mark would do their hair and I wanted to do their hair, you know? Yeah. And they would eat and sometimes they would eat with me, but it's hard when you have a little two and a half year old. I mean, there's just much more work that goes into bringing dinner upstairs to mommy and eating together with mommy than eating downstairs and then rushing off to a soccer game. So sure. I missed out on their life outside of the home. You know, I couldn't go to their soccer games. I couldn't go the first day of school. I couldn't, I just was very alone and felt very alone and was angry at God. I, I was angry because he gave me these two kids and now I can't raise them. Really? Like, yeah. really God? Yeah. And really, I, I can't participate. I can't bathe them. I can't tuck them into bed. And we had this beautiful nighttime routine where we would read a book and sing songs together. And that was the hardest part because we sang the Barney song. And we would reach out to each other and give each other the great big hug and kiss from uh -huh. me to you. And that's in the book. And so I would hear them singing that and I couldn't be the one to give them that hug and kiss. And, but I, I visual, I could visualize it because I had done it hundreds of times before mm -hmm. and tucking them in and, and now you know, Mark was doing it by himself and I just, I had such mixed feelings, but I was in a lot of pain, so much pain that I wanted to die. Um, I remember, um, I remember you said something in your, in your book that really impacted me because it, it was such a simple statement, but really profound. And I think that, um, you know, it, sheds a lot of light in a, in a really, in a really simple way on how a lot of people feel. You said, um, I hope I get this right. You said, I wanted to die just as much as I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that that was such a profound statement because there was like this, this thing, this, this battle going on in your mind of like, you know, I'm not trying to be out of here, but this pain is so intense and, mm -hmm. and I can't, you know, I can't enjoy life on really any level. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give up. I want this. I, I, I want to, I want to live this life. I want to experience these things, you know, that I believe that I'm here for, you know, that I'm, I'm here for the plan of God for my life, that I'm here for my family. And I thought that that was such a, um, really prof profound, you know, statement that you made. Did I, did I get that right? Was that? Yep. Yep. You got it bang on. And I, I, I wanted to die in the sense that mm -hmm. I didn't know how I could go on mm -hmm. yeah. because the pain was so intense. I didn't want to take my life. I would never take my life. Sure. But I asked God to, I begged God to take mm -hmm. my life 
But then in the same prayer, I'd say, God, please spare me. <laughs> I, I had these dichotomous wow. feelings, yeah. you know, because mm. my family is my family. I don't want to leave them. I don't want to leave my husband. I was only 35 years old, you know, and my kids were young. I wanted to raise them. I wanted to have what we had before. Why can't we have what we had before? But we're always evolving and we can't have what we had before anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I prayed both uh, because the pain, because of the pain. And if you have chronic severe pain, you understand what mm -hmm. I'm saying. You understand what I mean. Just just for context, um, one of the things that you said um, that the pain was so great that you couldn't even have a sheet on top of you, right? Because Correct. the weight of the sheet was too much. Yes. Um, and so um, what was the actual, what was the, the condition? The so I condition? had developed, uh, yeah, as a result of my injury with my back, sometimes people develop what's called complex regional pain syndrome. CRPS. It used mm -hmm. to be called RSD, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And what that is, is it's a severe nerve pain disorder. And it just increases the pain like a normal person would feel something and we would feel it 10 times more. It's just wow. okay. really powerful pain. Just like something in the pain sensors or the nerve sensors is kind of like haywire and it's just sending mm -hmm. more impulses to the brain than it than it should, that kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I couldn't bear the weight of a sheet. And so I was cold. I'm cold anyway. Mm. I'm I'm cold all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But so I was cold, which didn't help because you tense up when you're cold. Um, and my husband would make he would, at the end of the bed, he would make kind of this, you know, thing for the sheet to go over to cover my mm -hmm. feet and then keep the sheet over me, but not on me. Gotcha. Okay. So we became very inventive on how to do things. You know, we had to yeah. change things and figure things out over time. Um, but we couldn't sleep together. Um, he couldn't touch me. Um, we didn't have relations for years, um, mm. but he loved me. He stayed by my side. He, he was my hope, my dream. And, um, you know, we had to figure out how to, how to get through this together. And it wasn't just me and it wasn't yeah. just me and God. It was me and God and Mark. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's something that I think gets often overlooked. And, and I have so much, um, I don't know what the word is, but um, I want to say reverence. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but for, um, you know, the, the, the spouse on the other side of, of, a, of a challenge, like the one that you're talking about, you know, that um, is there, you know, loving you, but not able to fix your pain, not able to fix the problem. And, and then, you know, sort of like also at the same time, picking up the, the the slack of life and taking care of the kids and doing the things that you would so be longing to do, but can't. And um, so major, huge shout out to Mark and uh, <laughs> and the Marks of the world that are, you know, on that are, you know, holding down the fort, so to speak, um, you know, through through these challenging circumstances. Darcy, one thing that you said um, that I really appreciate is that you were you were mad at God. I know so sometimes some people don't want to admit that they're you know they're mad at God or or they're blaming God or whatever. Um, so I, I appreciate uh, just sort of your candor there. Um, how did you begin to um, sort of reconcile that in your life in your relationship with God? You know, like you you, you mentioned. God, you gave me these children, but now I'm in this situation and I can't, I, I can't, you know, take care of them. And how did you begin to sort of reconcile that in, in your mind, in your relationship with God, um, moving beyond being angry with God to 
you know, sort of where you are today and, and learning how to trust him through the difficulty of the process that you were in? Mm -hmm. Great question. I had a great counselor and I met her before I fell down the stairs. And um, okay. so we had already started some counseling and I just believe in counseling. I believe everybody should have a counselor, you know, yeah. I, I just, I believe in it. So mm -hmm. anyway, she came over weekly and sat by my bedside and I was able to talk with her and she's a spiritual person. And I needed a lot of healing from things in my past, from some trauma that my body was holding on to. And this fall I learned was a blessing. It became a blessing because it was an opportunity for me to heal from things in mm. my past. So I spoke to her weekly, we worked on things, we worked on eye movement, we did a lot of healing practices together, meditation, talking, <laughs> you name it. And she helped me to see the gifts in suffering. And it was because of her, Christina, my counselor, who's still my counselor to this day, by the way. Um, she knows all of that. And she helped me to see God through suffering. And so going from being, why did you allow that to how can we use this to be different in the future? How can I use this to be a different person? What is God trying to say to me? Instead of why did you let this happen? it became, how are we going to use this for the future? So asking a different question, I was asking why, now how? And that became important. How are you going to use this for our future? And I'm saying our future because me and God are together in this wow. future. What do you want us to do? Where are you taking us? And how can what I just went through benefit people around me and my family, especially my family? And so it was this mental shift that helped me change and make a physical shift. The mental was keeping me down. It was pushing me down. So I was unable to heal, but... Once the mental part of it changed, the emotional part of it changed, then the physical started to change, ironically. So I think wow. it's supposed to happen in that order. And it did. I was healed of a lot of trauma from my past. So this became, this injury became the conduit for gifts, for healing, for. And when I say gifts, I, I should be more specific. Um, so in my book, I talk, my chapters are about gifts. And I know we'll talk more about the book later, but just to clarify what gifts are, you know, I talk about the gift of direction or the gift of a shepherd, the gift of forgiveness. And once I started healing, I became more grateful for things than I had ever been grateful for before. Something simple wow. like being able to reach for the water bottle by my bedside. Wow. I became mm -hmm. grateful for being able to do that. I don't think most people in their day thank God that they can reach the water bottle on the side of their bed. No. But it's really intense once you make that shift and you can see God, like God enabled me to do that. God enabled me to take my first step again. And every step I take is enabled by God. So hmm. why aren't we thanking him more? And you know, why did the lepers who were healed, the 10 lepers, why did only one come back to thank God? Well, yeah. You know? 
Yeah, so absolutely. I started seeing with spiritual eyes more than the physical. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, and, and I think that, man, the gratitude and thankfulness is such a big deal, right? Like oh, in terms yeah. of shifting our attitude, shifting our mood, shifting our mindset, I think that that's something that I think it's one of the most practical things that we could do, but something that I think eludes us so often because it just becomes normal a lot of times or or it feels right almost to to be in a pity party or to be in a place where you're complaining about things or, you know, where you don't really want to let go of the anger that you're feeling or the pain that, you know, you're not wanting to let certain things go. And I just think that Thanksgiving is such a practical way out of that because it helps you to get your focus off of just how you're feeling and onto something else that, you know, like the Bible talks about a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And oftentimes it starts as a sacrifice because it's something that we don't want to do. It's something like I kind of have to die to my pride. I have to kind of die to myself in a sense in order for me to really just get this out and to be thankful. But I love what you're saying there because there are so many things that we take for granted in daily life that we're like, okay, well, this is just normal. Like I have I have this Bible that I could read whenever I want because we have freedom of religion here. You know, no one's trying to take my Bible away and burn it. You know, I can mm -hmm. sing as loud as I want on Sunday morning because there's nobody trying to shut down our worship services because we're free. You know, like I have things that I can that I can point to, but there are people all around the world that don't have access to those same freedoms. Right. And you know what I mean? If those things, like you said, it's just something when something is taken away from you when something is removed from your life then you have such a greater appreciation for it. And I just think that so often we can be really just kind of stuck in our head, stuck in our mess, stuck in that mode of, of complaining about things, not recognizing how good God is, how faithful he is, because we're, look, we're always looking for something else, right? We're always looking for the next thing. And so we tend to focus on, okay, God, well, what have you done for me lately? Or God, how come you're not doing this? And failing to recognize all of the good things, all of the blessings, all of the amazing things that he has given us access to. And um, even though like, <laughs> uh, how do I say this? Going through what you went through, um, I would in no way want to belittle that. And I can't even imagine, you know, what that must have been like. Um, I, I think you said something in your book about how it it sort of has caused you to have a more enhanced perspective mm -hmm. on life and on the things that you do enjoy and that you do have access to. Um, and yeah. cause God is just, God is just so good. You know, he's just so good to us. And I, I think that we can, we, we really have a tendency to define God, to define his goodness based on how things are going in our lives right? and you know, what we're going through and where we are. Right. And I always try to like I, I always try to encourage people to do this and I try to remember <laughs> to do it myself and I'm not always great at it. But to remember that no matter what I'm going through, that doesn't define the goodness of God. The goodness of God actually defines everything that I'm going through. So mm. when I'm going through something good, you know, like when, when things are good, when, when there's like those joyful moments and whatever it is, then like. Yeah, it's easy in a sense to be grateful. It's easy in a sense to to be thankful for those things. But when I'm not, when things are not going well, when things are not lining up, when there are things in my life that I just do not understand, where there's things that I want to blame God for or that I want to be upset about or that are, you know, physically or mentally, emotionally, whatever, um, bad in my life, that the goodness of God then becomes the defining factor in my life where I can, if, if I can begin to look at my circumstances through the lens of God's goodness, where God is not less good because I'm going through something painful, right? but God is the same. He's, he's unchanging. He's always good. He's always faithful. So I can begin to stand on that reality, which becomes the foundation for how I can begin to see, you know, the challenges and the things that I'm, that I'm facing in my life. Yeah, the things of this world are not the things of God. You know, I mean, he created mm -hmm. us for a, a deeper purpose besides what we live here. And what we live here is meaningful. 
but we we often decide what our purpose is instead of listening to what God says our right. purpose is. <laughs> I yeah. never would have said to anyone ever, I'm going to be a nutritionist someday. What? Me? A nutritionist? <laughs> like never. Or you're going to write a book and you're really going to do it. It's not just going to be a dream, but you're really going to write a book. Like God, if we let God lead us, he will lead us to our purpose, to yeah. our path. And that's determined by him if we surrender to that. And if we look with spiritual eyes and look for the spiritual realm and, you know, God really praying and being a vessel, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And I have a story. I have a, I have a story about something else God has called me to do that wasn't my plan. So I haven't led a Bible study in a long time, mm -hmm. a long time. Uh -huh. And my husband, when he goes to run, he runs every three days and he asks people when he's warming up, he says, can I pray for you today? Is there anything you want me to pray for you about? Well, awesome. months ago, he met this woman who said, yes, can you pray for my marriage? So he sees her occasionally and she invited us over for dinner or for lunch, excuse me, um, a few weeks ago. So we went over, met her husband, had a very nice lunch, got to know this couple. And I'm 56, almost 57. She's 33. And I loved it. I loved it. And she came over. I invited her to come over to have a separate time. And she opened, really opened up about her marriage. And yes, I've been in the ministry, but I'm not currently in the ministry. And there's, but there, it, she, she was saying all these things. And I was like, what do you think if we start a Bible study? And the reason why I said that is because of God. I, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> what are you doing, God? Yeah. <laughs> However, this is, this is why I think I was, was directed to say that was because when this time, you know, I'm disabled again. And this time I was laying on, a, on the floor on a mattress in our living room. So I wouldn't have to be in the bedroom all day and feel imprisoned like I did last time. And I was looking at the air vent and I remember praying a prayer three years ago, God, I'm ready to go back to church because I had stopped for a while. Um, and I said, I'm ready to go back to church and please use this living room. However you choose to. Mm, yeah. And so that it was like our spirits, just the spirit and her, the spirit in me and the spirit of God just came together and whoop, we're starting a Bible study. And so I have a Come friend on. online who lives, you know, far away. Who's going to join us. I don't know who else is going to join us, but Hey, I'm starting a Bible study. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I just, I'm like a vessel. So wherever God leads mm -hmm. me. I will go. I won't say no. And so apparently we're going to have a Bible study and Yeah. Come on. That's the next thing. That's awesome. Um well, I want to get the rest of the story because you just you just mentioned that um you are currently disabled again. So after that experience um, in the early 2000s and being bedridden for a couple of years and then being confined to a wheelchair for another couple of years, things actually got better and better and better, right? To where you were back to life again, um, yes. you know, back to being being mom, being super mom, you know, back to all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then when was it that um, you had another, you had another accident type thing that took place that kind of sent you back into or that caused a I guess would you call it a relapse or, or caused you to kind of go back into that yes. that state again 
Yeah, so I, I had been living a pretty normal life. Uh, the CRPS disappeared, which is uncommon for it to go away. But okay. I attribute that to God and, and nutrition, nutritious mm -hmm. foods that he's made and implementing that. And so, yeah, I became a nutritionist, opened my own practice, um, was living life with the girls, going to everything. I went to everything. I don't remember anything making I missed. Up, making up for lost time, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you've given me a chance to to redo this. I'm going to be at everything. And I can't think of anything that I missed um, wow. that the girls were in. And they were in a lot of sports activities, et cetera. And um, so, yeah, I was there. And then my daughter got married. My oldest got married beautiful wedding and I was rushing and running by some chairs a chair slid down the wall hit my ankle where the CRPS had settled the first time reinitiating the CRPS in my body that had laid dormant for many years when you say where this where the CRPS had settled mm-hmm does that mean, was it like a, like a self-destruct button basically like in that spot or like, is, is that something that could have happened? Like, was, what does that mean? That's like, um, sure. yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> I'm going to get that. myself in the weeds if I try to, yeah. So you, you tell me what that means. <laughs> yeah. So the CRPS, I, I had body wide pain, but it affects mostly limbs and it affect my feet, affected my feet. Um, and my ankles hurt more than any other place in my body. That's what hurt more than anything, which is what, you know, kept me from walking was mm -hmm. the pain in my ankles. So when it hit my ankle, immediately my mind went to, oh my gosh, I might have just triggered CRPS. And I might be in for the fight for my life again. And other people around me thought it might have been, you know, just a sprained ankle. Mm -hmm. I was hoping maybe it was just a sprained ankle. But it's three plus years later. And Duke, the day you called me, I didn't know who you were. And I told <laughs> you the story. It, it was so funny. For people that don't know, um, Duke called yeah. me about this podcast. Is it okay if I share this? Absolutely. Okay. So Duke called me. I I didn't know why, um, but we had a mutual friend. So I knew he was somebody <laughs> that, yeah. that I would get to know. But I had just walked around the cul-de-sac for the first time in three plus years come on yeah and i was so excited and duke calls me and he goes how's your day going or something like that and so <laughs> i i don't know this man but i tell him my story and i'm like yeah. i just walked around the cul-de-sac for the first time in three plus years and uh duke was the first to know so um <laughs> Anyway, there was a connection there and I told him yeah. the story and then I'm like, and who are you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of one of those things that just that that tends to happen. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I, I find myself every once in a while in conversations with people where um, we don't really know each other, but there's some kind of for some reason, there's some kind of connection or there's a comfortability and then uh, before you know it, we're talking about like <laughs> really like intricate details of, of life. And, um, you know, I, I really I have to say I really enjoyed that conversation with you that day, first of all, because it was so cool to be able to celebrate with you, you know, after you had that that victory and taking mm -hmm. that that walk, which was, I guess, the longest walk that you had taken um, yep. probably by far right in a number of years. And uh, just to, you know, kind of be in the right place at the right time, I guess, and be able to celebrate and, and, and experience that with you was really cool. And uh, yeah, something about that just kind of like opened things up and, um, you know, just yeah. it's, it's cool. It's cool how God, um, you know, brings people 
together. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Me too. Thank you. So I, um, so let's talk about where you are today. Okay. Um, I know that that was only about a month or so ago. So, um, how, wh where are things right now? Well, it's interesting. I went to a new neurologist, mm. which was my fourth. Again, I've been to a lot of doctors. This neurologist asked me why I was on such a low dosage of a medication. And I said, well, that's because my doctor prescribed that for me, um, is why. And she said, you know, most people are on a higher dosage than you that don't need it as much as you. And this particular medication, I don't agree with being on a lot of meds unless you have to be. Uh -huh. And this one has enabled me. This one has helped me. She increased the dosage of my medicine by not doubling, but I take triple what I was taking. Wow. And that has enabled me to walk more. Thank, thankfully, thank God, you know? Yeah. And it's the, the stepping stone that I needed to get to where I'm at today, which is I can't walk much more than the cul-de-sac, but I can walk a little more than the cul-de-sac. So it's improvement. And I used to walk 45 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I can't do that, but that's my goal again, because I would go on these prayer walks and I would just love seeing nature and being with God in nature. And so that's my goal. But what I can do is I can walk around the house. Now I can get my own lunch. I can't cook dinner. So Mark does that. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm beginning to be able to do more. And I won't let Mark do anything for me that I can do for myself so that I can gain muscle back and, yeah. you know, develop these skills again, because once you don't walk for a long time, you forget. And I was pretty unsteady the other day, walking into church, or no walking out of church. I felt unbalanced. So my brain has to relearn the balancing part okay. of walking. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning to walk again. God has enabled me to be able to walk to the bathroom, to walk, to go get my lunch. And I'm so grateful. Hmm. Again, it's the gratitude yeah. and he's delivering me again. And the right, honestly, Duke, the writing of this book was so therapeutic for me. Because, you know, I prayed, yes. God, what do you want me to write? Yeah. And it took my mind off of my pain. It was a diversion. And this diversion was in God's hands. And I, I sat down to write, but I didn't know what to write. So I just wrote. And sometimes longhand and sometimes on the computer. I also had hurt my hands um, so I couldn't type. So I spoke into the computer, but that didn't do a very good job. It needed a lot of <laughs> editing. So yeah, I think it's well, yeah, it's it's tricky for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot of healing has taken place again. A lot of realizations about God. This time, I feel like I've been able to go deeper with God. And. When I ask the why, it's I'm listening more because he has a reason. There is a reason. It's not, he doesn't not answer that question. We think mm. he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But he answers it. And so when I ask the why, I go really deep with God in a place that no one else can go with me. It's a very deep, dark, lonely place that Mark can't enter. He can't go there with me. I'm the only one that experiences it because it's so painful and so lonely. 
But in that space, God meets me there. Hmm. And I feel this oneness with him. I feel an encounter with God. Yeah. I feel an experience of the Trinity of the Holy Spirit. I feel hmm. like I'm in communion with the Almighty and his Son and the Holy Spirit. And I feel this swirling and I feel held and I feel not alone and I feel him. Wow. He's there with me. Wow. You know, I love that you went there um, to that to that place of having those questions with God. Um, I think sometimes I, I think that some Christians um, feel weird about that, like um, like that somehow God can't handle our questions, you know, mm. and uh, and he's so, you know, whatever questions you might have, even like really difficult questions, even questions where if you're questioning God, if you're questioning his goodness. If you're, you know, these questions like, why did this happen? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? It's always better to go to God with those questions than to just sort of internalize those things. Because when you internalize it, I think that it creates, it can so easily create a hardness on your heart that actually moves you, you know, in your mind away from trust in God. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that if you'll be willing to go to him, and like you said, Darcy, I love that you said you're, you, you'll still ask the question, but now you're listening more. I think that that's so key because God will meet you. You know, there, there is a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit where he does want to meet with you. He does want to reveal himself to you as your comforter. He wants to reveal himself to you as your shepherd. He wants to mm -hmm. reveal himself to you as your healer you know, as your strength, as your peace, as whatever you need in the situation that you're in, he's your comforter. And he, he, he so longs to comfort you in, in a way that you can experience him and experience his goodness. And so I just wanted to, um, I love what you said there. And I just want to, wanted to use that to encourage people to go to God with the difficult things, you know, not just the easy things, but with the hard things as well, because first of all, he already knows. Second of all, he can handle it. And third of all, it's a, it creates a context for you to meet with him and to experience him. You know, like when we look at some of the ways that God revealed himself to his people, even throughout scripture, Mm -hmm. Like when, like uh, one of my favorites is when God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, as the Lord who heals you, the Israelites were in this place of, of bitterness because they had gone through the wilderness for three days and had no water. And they got to this place where there was water, but they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter and it probably would have killed them. And, and they're complaining, they're frustrated, but it was in that, in, in that context that God revealed himself to them. And, uh, you know, in this way that they hadn't experienced him before, I am the Lord who heals you. And so I, I just I think that wherever wherever you are in life, um, you know, even if you feel like you're all the way down in that pit of despair, you feel hopeless, you feel like there's no way out. That is a place that God has access to and that he's able to meet with you there mm -hmm. and to reveal himself to you. And you can experience his goodness and his peace, even in the midst of, you know, however terrifying or uncertain or painful your circumstances might be. Um, and uh, I love what you said there, too, Darcy, about about writing, about how the writing process being therapeutic for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, I, I just because uh, I know we're kind of running out of time here. Um, I want to um, just ask you a little bit more about your book before we go. And um, if you could just maybe articulate it in your own words, like sort of what your heart is for people, you know, for any potential readers out there um, that would think about picking your book up. Like, what is it that you that's really on your heart um, to convey to people or that you want people to know about the nature of God even um, uh, from reading your book? Thank you. We live in a world that's upside down. There, there's a lot of paradoxes in the world um, and in God. And I want to speak hope into this upside downness. You know, when Jesus came, he turned things upside down. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the mm. poor in spirit are the people who are listening to him talk. And so he's giving them hope. And he just turned the world upside down. The, the Pharisees no longer dictated who was going to heaven or what life would be like. So Jesus, when he came, he turned everything upside down. Yeah. And so if we can learn to live in this upside down world, even if we're poor in spirit, even if we're disabled, even if we're struggling with no matter what, we're struggling with addiction, we're struggling with pornography, we're struggling with yeah. anything. God is where our hope is. And my book speaks to if you are in a place of suffering, you have there's hope because of God. Mm. And I wrote a study guide that goes with the book so that you could personalize whatever, you know, each chapter to your own life instead of to my life or whoever else I talk about. You can personalize it. I have, um, here's the study guide. Nice. And then here's the book. Awesome. Um, so there's both. But yeah, it's a book about hope. There's a lot of stories. It's lighthearted. When you read it, there's going to be some... I, people tell me they feel every emotion. You know? They feel it's awesome, yeah. There's humor sad. for sure. Yeah, there's... there's yeah. There's sadness. But there's also moments of joy. Because you can mm -hmm. see the coming out of... You know, the realization of what the gift is within that part of suffering. Yeah. And you can see the turning, you know, of the suffering into the gift, you know, whatever that gift is. So there are 30 chapters. They're very short because some people who are suffering can only read a short amount. I'm working on the audiobook right now. So the audiobook will come out soon. But it's, it's a lighthearted read. Um, it's a convicting read. Ask a lot of questions. My goal was to glorify God and to bring hope to people. So I pray that that's what it does. But yeah, I outline each of the gifts that I've experienced that God has given me, including hope. He's given me perseverance. He's given me a shepherd. He's given me peace. He's given me mercy, forgiveness, repentance, etc. So good. I love the cover too. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I think that it's, um, just super impactful and I just want to encourage, um, everybody to go check it out. So where can they find your book, Darcy? Amazon. Okay. Right now, Amazon. Yeah. There are other booksellers that sell it and you can find that on Amazon. If you prefer to buy from another bookseller, mm -hmm. it's in Barnes and Noble online. It's not in their brick and mortar store yet. Um, haven't quite, you know, when you're disabled, things go a little slower. So I haven't been able to quite get to Barnes and Noble to, to request them to carry it. But, um, so online, yeah, on Amazon. Awesome. Uh, so the book is called beauty beyond the thorns. Um, what's the subtitle Darcy? Discovering, oh, discovering gifts in suffering, suffering, right? Beauty yeah. beyond the thorns, discovering gifts in suffering. Uh, I just, I didn't want to say it wrong. So that's, thank <laughs> I you. Had to think about it for a second. Um, available on Amazon. Um, also encourage you guys to check out Darcy's website, darcyjsteiner.com. Right. And you can find out um, some more information there. You'll find, you can find the book there. I guess find some information on the book and some other right. resources that Darcy has to offer as well. And uh, Darcy, again, I really do just, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate this connection. And I, I've really enjoyed this opportunity to chat with you and get to know you. And I'm just glad that, um, you know, I can be sort of a, 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 I don't know, mediary. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, between you and maybe a, a handful of people that haven't um, heard your message before and hadn't, you know, heard about your book before. And so I'm honored to, uh, you know, have that opportunity and to have had you on the podcast and really am just standing with you, believing with you, believing God for your complete recovery to going way beyond the cul-de-sac 
and uh Amen. you know just for <laughs> just for more just for more increase and uh just more strength every single day so um any anything any just final thoughts before we officially wrap it up here uh two real quick one first thank you for your ministry thank you for doing what you do because podcasting is a way to get the message out to people and just being in the ministry, you know, serving people the way you do. Thank you for, for your ministry and everything that you do, Duke. Thank um, you. Truly appreciate that. And then to people who feel like giving up or feel hopeless, it, please don't give up. Please mm. look to God, open the pages of a Bible look in the gospels and read the red print. I read the red print a lot and imagine myself there as a listener walking beside Jesus or in the crowd listening to Jesus. This isn't an ancient book. He is still speaking these words today yeah. to us. So put yourself in a place where you are in his midst you're hearing what he's saying and listen and know that he is with you and you don't have to give up. He will walk with you through the storm and the way to walk through it is through the word of God. The word of God will help you through. That's so good. That's so good. Well, thank you, everybody, for stopping by to check out this conversation with Darcy Steiner. Don't forget to check out the book, Beauty Beyond the Thorns, on Amazon.com. Also, check out Darcy's website, DarcyJSteiner.com. Uh, links for these things you'll find in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But I really appreciate you guys. If this conversation blessed you or added any value to your day, if you consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, I would greatly appreciate that. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys in a future episode. Darcy, thank you again. Thank you.